Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of But Am I Wrong? Yeah, yeah. Where we tell you if you are the hero or the villain in your story. We are always the hero. (laughs) No, no, here's the thing. I am the main character in everybody's story, but I can't guarantee that I'm not the villain. I agree with that. I feel like I might be the villain more so than... No, I'm more like the anti-hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big Aquarius Yeah, yeah. I love it. I'm Megan. I am joined by my co-host, Melissa. What up? And we are here to just talk shit ethically. Mm-hmm. So we are going to talk about some shit that has happened in our own lives, and we're going to decide if we were wrong or not. Then you are all going to head on over to our Instagram, and you're either going to validate us and be like, yes, you are in the wrong. You are a victim. <laughs> like, you are the hero. Or you're going to be like, no, no, no. You actually are the villain in all of this, and you are incredibly wrong. Should we share the results from the first <gasps> episode? Oh, my gosh. Let's do that. That's a great idea. And also, don't just, like, DM us this. It's on, on a highlight on the Instagram account by Megan and Melissa, and you vote. It's a poll. So I don't need you to like slide into the DMs being like, Megan is wrong about everything. So we're sharing the results from week one. Mm -hmm. So again, you can head on over to our Instagram to see this. Do you want to kick it off because you were the first one? So the first one was Melissa. That's me. First, her hairstylist. Who was wrong? 7% said me. 93% said stylist. But I do want to say. Yeah. A lot of people DM'd and said that they accidentally voted for the wrong thing. And also, there were a lot of people that DM'd me that were angry that anybody would vote against me. (laughs) I'm happy that you have people defending you, as you should be, because like you are the victim in this situation. The second one is me, Megan versus let people enjoy things. Who is wrong? 73% said everybody else. 27% said me. And here's the thing. I'm comfortable with this level. I think that this is going to be my... 93 to your seven. Like, I think this is like the highest I will ever get. (laughs) I can't wait for next week. I just genuinely do because like, I think I have really strong opinions on things that people are like, I don't care that much about this. Do what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm an all or nothing kind of person. So like, even if people agree with me, like I tend to go like, well, it's a little far. So I don't anticipate me getting much higher than this. Take the next one. All right, so right in number one was the caller versus friend who called them annoying. We had for the friend, it was 77%, and for the writer, it was 23%. I agree. I mean, I think I would have done more, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just want you to know that so far I am the most, no, I'm not the most wrong, but I'm more wrong than that one. <laughs> <laughs> right in number two versus Rachel, the friend who talked shit and hooked up with Crush, who was wrong, Rachel. And then writer. We have 15% for the writer being wrong and 85% for Rachel being wrong. Who did we decide side with? This one. Yeah, I was in the middle because the writer sided with the boyfriend, her now boyfriend. Yeah. And I was like, you can't forgive one and not forgive the other. And I also think the boyfriend was lying. 
I think so too. So I think that you and I are both more, not the writer was necessarily wrong, but yeah, more in the middle. I'm a little surprised by this one. Yeah, I think they're both wrong. I think so too. Maybe I wish we could have a third option, but that's not how polls work. What about the little sliding one? And then people can slide and then it'll like. I think that's the same as a percentage though. But if it's in the middle, you can put it in the middle, you know? Oh, oh yeah. Maybe we should do that. Maybe. Okay. We'll try it for. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. All right. So then right in number three was the uh, writer versus the boyfriend's ex hookup. Got 21% for the writer was wrong and 79% for the ex hookup being wrong. I am curious about the logic of, or not the logic, but the reasoning behind people thinking that the writer was wrong. So I'm curious, maybe we should be doing the sliding thing. So like people, there is like somewhere like always kind of tends to fall like in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. And then we have right in number four versus the bloody couch cushion. This is our like closest race yet with 33% saying the writer and then 67% saying the friend with couch. I'm a little shocked by this one. I, I think know. if we have the slider, it would be more middle. Yeah, you think so? I think so. That's a good call. Oh, wow. You're you really crushed it with this next one. Everyone versus alleged daddy's girl cult. Who was wrong? Everyone, 9%, 91%, the alleged cult. I think people might have misread it because I don't know how you could think. <laughs> I'm assuming that this was the message that people go, I have to tell them that I voted incorrectly. Yes. Once people are like, oh, wow, I realized I voted incorrectly through all of these the entire time. I hope that when they reached this one, they go, this is when I have to tell them I voted incorrectly. Because, yeah, who is the... Nine percent. That's like are those the same people who are like let people enjoy things, including cults. Or maybe they're the ones that are in it in the alleged cult. First of all, I would like kind of fangirl a little bit if we had some of those people in our listenership. And now the final one: everyone versus John Mulaney and Olivia Munn. Who is wrong? Thirteen percent said everyone, and eighty-seven percent said Mulaney and Munn. I would love to know the stands and the 13%. Are you an Olivia Munn stand or a John Mulaney stand? I feel like John Mulaney has way more stands. I think so too. Women are very, very quickly, or anyone, we are very quickly as a society quick to turn on a woman. But when a man, we're like, oh, this could be explained Mm -hmm. away. This could, he's a good guy. He's a nice boy. Everyone follow Anna Marie Tendler on uh, TikTok. But that is the results Thank you all for voting. And again, if you head on over to buy Megan and Melissa, it's buy.megan.aunt.melissa. <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> we should ch- keep checking that game for some of the other handles we wanted. Yeah. Because it's definitely, as you can tell, this definitely was not our uh, first choice. But obviously, we're expanding our podcast world to include this podcast. We didn't want to leave it out. So I went first last time. Okay, so, so do you want to kick us off? Yeah. So this segment is, but am I wrong? And both Megan and I will share something that is either a hot take on something happening in the zeitgeist or something that has happened in our personal lives that we are questioning were we wrong in this situation. So mine starts with my birthday. It's in February. And so my mother said that she needed a break from being around my family and she wants to come here for my birthday. (laughs) So I'm like, so for my birthday, I need to play tourist guide to you for my birthday. And I told her, absolutely not. Also, like during my childhood, she always tried to throw me surprise parties for my birthday. And I hate surprises. And everyone knows this, but she always like tries to do things 
for her on my birthday. She's got enough kids. You'd think. But the other two are there. So that's That's the difference is that they're there and I'm here. So I told her no. Also, I'm usually like COVID wise Mm -hmm. before COVID. I was never here for my birthday anyway. I always go to Portland. Mm -hmm. So no. Was I wrong? Was her reaction not? Or did you just do you? Were you just like send a text message? I'm not. This was on FaceTime. And so I told her, I said, Okay, you need a break, but it's my birthday. It's not your birthday. So, no. We had already discussed that you would come for Mother's Day, which makes sense to me. I was going to say, I was like, isn't she coming for Mother's Day? Which would make the most sense for you to host your mother Mm -hmm. the day we're celebrating. I don't think you're in the wrong at all. Angela, (laughs) I love you. You're wonderful. You're great. But yeah, it can sometimes feel like the the opportunity arises that you're like, oh, perfect timing for your birthday, blah, blah, blah. But it's like any house guests on your birthday is like a stressful kind of thing. And then when it's like someone that you're like, I have to clean up for. Mm-hmm. And it would be your first, your, for your mom's first time seeing your apartment. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole thing. So no, I don't think you're wrong at all. Thank you. I hope that the audience will also i mean i also don't think you really need the validation at this point i don't need the i mean she's not coming i even <laughs> i sent it to my sisters and i was like why does mom always this isn't the first time either that she's tried first child things yeah i was like why does she always try to come on my birthday and they just laughed i mean i guess technically i'm not an only child but i like really was raised i was raised as an mm-hmm. only child and to me this is this seems like older sibling things where yeah. it's like oh she'll let me do that and you're like but no. Do you know me? Like, <laughs> you gave birth to me during February. I'm an Aquarius. Mm-hmm. You think I'm going to say yes to this? She's like, and sometimes I just need a break. And I was like, yeah, but I will have been there with you for three weeks. I will need a break from you as well. Oh, yeah. It's like right after the holidays. Yes. Yeah, that just seems like this is the time for like go with your friends, get an Airbnb, mm-hmm. like or take a spa day. Book right. yourself into a JW Marriott alone for the weekend. Right. Like no one's going to judge you. Hey, right. if you need a break, then like why are you coming to see me? Yeah, take a break. Not here. Mm-hmm. Take a break, just not here. Yeah. So, mine <laughs> is yours a hot take or personal it's life? It's a hot take. Okay. And this has been something that I have been talking about extensively, uh, specifically on TikTok, but across like social media, kind of. And I need everyone to like gird your loins because this is an incredible, I didn't even realize how much of a hot take this was. Has this like made me like wane at all from my stance on this? No, but it is an incredibly hot take. So prepare to be offended. This is about the manifestation not as like a spiritual or part of like a religious practice or anything like that. But some people have been like, wow, would you say this about Christianity? And I'm like, what? Yes. I would say this about any religion who's like doing specific things that are like incredibly like toxic and detrimental and like ableist and classist. I'm like, those things aren't exclusive to like, not every, not every Christian is a racist, Mm -hmm. but like, I'm not going to be like, well, you can't call Christian, you can't call these Christians racist because they're Christian. That's a part of their religion. And I'm like, no, 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 no. no. that's not part of Christianity at all. And also, I'm like, if that's a fundamental part of your religion, then that is a problem. Hence, fundamental Christians. A, fun, <laughs> a fundamentalist problem. Mm-hmm. So I made a TikTok talking about <laughs> do manifestation girlies, and specifically I use the word girlies as a reference, which did not land. And I will own up to the reference not landing of MLM girlies, like the boss girl bossification, which mm-hmm. is simultaneously also like encompasses like the whitewashing and monetization of 
I don't even necessarily want to call them like closed practices, but like things that are like cultural appropriation and like certain things that it's like become this thing. And this is like the white girl influencer space poses itself as being this positive, wholesome, really progressive alternative to like religion but is just like a mask for the continued like toxic positivity and like the, oh, yo, you can manifest, like you manifest every single thing in your life. And here's like where the divide is of people. So like before you like yell at me, everybody, there are people who like manifest things, which as from my understanding and knowledge of this is like goal setting, intention, intentionally thinking about these things, especially in like the witchcraft kind of space of being like, I'm going to spend like 30 minutes a day with these positive mantras about this thing. And because I'm saying this over and over and over again, I'm really being intentional with my time in doing this, which will inadvertently, hopefully alter my subconscious that I will make decisions that are more aligned with this thing. Cause I've already set this time out of my day to kind of do this thing. It's like, I think about it if like I work out during the day or if I'm like, oh, I, I'm not gonna work out today, but like, oh, I'm gonna make sure I take the stairs then later. And like mm-hmm. those kinds of things, like it's fresh in your mind. So you're making those kinds of choices. And oh, and those people don't believe in the, oh, you manifest everything every, subconsciously or consciously everything in your life. It's more of like a, I don't want to say passive, but like a personal thing. You're not selling a $500 course on how to manifest $500, which that's the one that kills me kills me, kills me, kills me. I'm rolling my eyes very hard. (laughs) And then there's the other side of it, which is the monetization of this. Again, this is by white women who most of the time have like left religions and have just kind of been like, oh, I'm no longer. I'm spiritual. Yeah. Now I'm spiritual, but I'm using the exact same things as God made you gay, pray the gay away to, oh, the universe made you poor, stop being poor. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't account for like, systemic racism and just poverty and inner like generational all of these things that like you have to factor in when you talk about these like broad scope things of like manifesting in the terms of like money and like those kinds of things are only applicable to people who have privilege like that's a privilege to be able to like when you think of yourself as like manifesting wealth is, oh, I already have a job. <laughs> I have, I don't have like student debt or I don't have a ton of student debt and I have generational wealth. I have like family, like all like my grandparents went to college. My parents went to college. I have all of this. And I manifested quote unquote, a promotion at my job. And like, that's like the way that I got all of this kind of stuff. And then they apply that to everybody. So right. it's like, oh, you are an unsheltered person. You don't have a home. You are homeless. And if you manifested hard enough, you would be rich because I manifested hard enough and I got a promotion at work. And those things are not comparable at all. And it just becomes incredibly classist of poor people are choosing to be poor. Well, if you don't want to be poor, just work harder. Poor people just need to work harder and they will no longer be poor. And that's like a a statement apparently a lot of people have a very hard time unpacking because I'm like, you're ignoring so many factors that go into this. Mm-hmm. And then the other caveat of it is the same thing when it comes to ableism and whether that's physical or mental health aspects of it. And the people who you can manifest yourself out of depression, you can manifest yourself out of like OCD and all of these other things. I'm like, this is giving very much (laughs) anti-vax like rhetoric of like the, I'm just going to pray and I'm not going to get COVID. Like it is like suspending disbelief for these certain things that are like just inherently problematic where I started getting really into it with people like responding to them about if people manifest their own traumas. 
And some of the shit that people have said, like it made a lot of people think, which I think is great. And they were like, yeah, no, I don't think that at all. Like, I really don't think that people manifest their trauma at all. And there was a lot of people that were like, yeah, I think you manifest your sexual assault. And I think that like, it makes you stronger once you come out of it. And so then you'll never do anything to get your, mm -hmm, you'll never do anything to get yourself in a situation like that ever again. And I'm like, I'm disgusted right blaming. now. Like it's horrendous, horrendous. And then also people are like blindly defending certain aspects of this. I'm like, read the comments, like see the kind of shit people are saying. People are saying that you can manifest your depression way, specifically me, you can manifest your depression way. You're just not trying hard enough. And if you like, and like, think about it this way, like it means going to a therapist, going to a doctor, being on medication, and then like, you'll no longer have this. I'm like, that's not how any of this works. You, If you don't have a knowledge and understanding of this science, you can't claim that your spirituality trumps the science that you don't understand. Yeah. And this isn't as severe, but my former friend that I went to high school with, and then we were roommates in college, she told me, I mean, I have a low immune yeah. system. I'd get sick and she'd be like, that's all in your head. You aren't actually sick. Um, if you had a positive mindset, you wouldn't actually be sick. Yeah. This woman is a scientist now. I can't. I hope that her views have changed. They, might, they may have, but she like is like a scientist scientist. There are these like studies that people talk about like, oh, being positive through chemo treatments. Like, oh, that can be like a better outlook for your body. Totally understand positive mindsets for that. But again, like then we're erring on the side of toxic positivity where mm -hmm. it's like, you know, some people like it's okay to be like, everything sucks. And if you then register and say that everything sucks, now everything is going to suck. Right. Then you're just not teaching people like, to deal with their emotions or to process any of that stuff at all. Like it's just horrendous. And it's putting the blame on the individual for so much that like your mental health problems, you did this to yourself. The fact that you are disabled, this is a gift that you did to yourself. If you are disabled, you can, you can view that as a gift. And then you can also view it as something like, wow, this really fucking sucks. I hate this. That's your fucking choice. But it's not anybody else in the world to be like, no, you have to love this thing. You have to embrace this. Or you did this upon yourself. I even had someone who told me that like, for the things that you can't explain, like being born into an abusive family, they're like, well, yeah, you can't have manifested that. So it usually means that you did a bunch of horrible things in your past life. And that's why you were given this. I hate everyone Uh huh. that has made any of these comments. Uh, oh, I'm going to read you. I don't this even one, know if I can take it. This anymore. one is not so horrendously specific, but this is the one where I'm like, how can you hold on? This is one. I did pin the top comment on this TikTok was this is why you're depressed. LOL. <laughs> and so I pinned. But this is another one. Being depressed is literally a choice, though. I've literally had the happiest life, even though the worst shit literally happens to me. And then my response, depression is a chemical imbalance, bestie. But people, again, they take their own personal experience as being like, oh, well, this works for everyone. And it just comes like you don't have an extensive knowledge to these kinds of things and also how much it hurts other people. This one blew my mind that someone could send this. Nobody chooses anything. However, the more you put attention to something, the more it comes to you. For example, school shootings. If there's a school shooting on the news that everybody sees, then people are constantly thinking, oh my God, there's going to be a shooting and it's more likely to happen. What books are these people reading? What Who are they following? The Law of Attraction, The Power of Now, which are all like incredibly like classist and like racist, <laughs> like horrible. Like it's just like, and this is the thing that like true spiritual people, like not, I don't want to say spiritual because like, again, like I'm not conflating like spirituality with manifestation because they're just two completely different things. But there are people that are, into manifestation who that claim, call it who claim, claim that that's that spirituality. spirituality but people who are truly like manifesting i think in like 
a positive way that's personal to them and like very aligns with their own spiritual beliefs it's a personal thing. You're not, you're not monetizing the Mm -hmm. content about it. You're not making an entire Instagram about it. You're not like quote unquote coaching people on how to do this with like zero credentials or anything like that. And you're not projecting this toxic positivity into the world. You found something that works for you and your goal setting personally. And that's what you do in private. But then there are the people who like, I don't know how you don't see yourself as essentially being like fundamentalists and being like, no, you did this to yourself. You did this to yourself. You did this to yourself. This is your fault. This is your fault. And it's like, first of all, I didn't fucking ask like the amount of just content and like, again, the monetization of all of this, like manifesting the girl boss, like all these fucking Instagram accounts, all of these eBooks, all of these workbooks, all of these like courses and all of this kind of shit that's like attempted to like empower, quote unquote, pretending to empower you. And it's not like it is literally toxic positivity that people are claiming to be spiritual. And the true people who are really spiritual and like who are manifesting, I'm like, you should be more angry than anybody that they're giving this, like having this negative connotation for all of this. And it drives me fucking, fucking crazy. The comments on that, like, if you want to see some crazy shit, like, the comments on that are wild. And the people who, like, will double down on all of it. And you will notice that the people who are, like, doubling down on, like, really problematic views are white people. Of course. There was one funny comment exchange. Someone goes, no, that's just white girls. And I go, my people ruin everything. And they're like, you do. So I have very strong beliefs about all of that. I think it's also just because, and this is the last thing I'll say in this, I think it is really because it's posed so much as being this so much better than like really toxic and detrimental to people's mental health, like religions like that. And like those kinds of like teaching and things like it reminds me of an MLM in that way of like the, we're a safe haven and we're targeting these, usually targeting people who have like left other religions to join this other thing that it's like, oh no, this is just a different font of doing the exact same thing. That's like so problematic. I absolutely hate it. Well, you are not wrong. Thank you. I can say that with conviction. I'm very curious what people think. And again, for people who like are a part of this community, if you're like, wow, there's a lot of comments where like people are like, nobody thinks that anyone manifested their own depression. I'm like, read this, like read the comments, like go and look on these Insta, like these accounts and these TikToks, like everything I've heard, like everything I'm seeing, like these are people saying like horrendously horrible things, like see what your own community is saying before you blindly defend any of that stuff. And to take it back to religion, like Christianity as a blanket, you look at what Christianity is supposed to be should be a good thing. Mm-hmm. But they are there are several people that make it look bad. But because they're the loudest ones that are talking, it makes Christianity as a whole look bad. Yep. It is literally like the white Christianity versus the white manifestation. Mm-hmm. Like it's the same thing. And it's not ex- like, actually, I'm not even going to backtrack if you find that racist. I genuinely <laughs> can't be racist to get white people. I was going to say, you're also white. So when I did this manifestation first thing, I tweeted, I was like, Picked a fight with manifestation people on t- TikTok. White on white crime. <laughs> Love <laughs> to see it. coming for. Hey, my ancestors did a lot. This is what I, I'm, I'm paying their, their debts. There's not enough time in my life to do that. <laughs> but, you know, you do a little bit at a time. You know, just chip away. Chip away at that. It's a lot. <laughs> it is. I do have half of a family who came over on the Mayflower. Ooh. Rich white people back then. Oof. Oof. But on the bright side... The other ones were dirt poor in Ireland. So have they said some not so nice things about Italians? Yes, but. Have they also ever said anything like, well, you know, 
Irish, we were enslaved too. Potentially, but like my grand, not to make this dark, and I don't mean this dark. My grandpa had a stroke way, like right when I was born. So mm. like his com- verbal communication was like not all there. I don't know if my grandma would, but like to be fair, if they did, like they lived in like the projects in like Pittsburgh, like next to a steel mill, like they dirt poor and like still lived when I was like visiting them. So I'm like, I hope if you ever thought that at this point, if you're like one of like the, you're like a small group of white people in this town. Like I hope this viewpoint has gone out the fucking window, but who knows Mm. they're dead. So we will never know. I could ask my dad. And if so, your dad did a complete. Oh, well, my dad never did. Yeah. Yeah. He's a dyslexic kid who was in an Irish Catholic school and got beat by nuns. So naturally he's always had a big fuck you to uh, any authority, which I inherited. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So now we're going to get into, but are you wrong? And this is when you, our listeners, write in. You write into, but am I wrong pod at gmail.com and share a situation that you've been in. And then we read it aloud and make our own decisions. And then everyone gets to vote on the Instagram. Fuck yes. Take it away. So this one is about crushes. It's very wordy. And I just want to reiterate, please keep your words to 251 paragraphs. If you are explaining yourself extra, that probably means that you're probably wrong to start off anyway. (laughs) Hi, ladies. I'm writing to ask about a guy, he, him, I've liked since freshman year of university. So I'm 20 years old, pronouns she, her, and I used to have a crush on this boy my freshman year. I always thought he was very cute, but after the pandemic, I obviously didn't see him in person. Plenty of time has passed since 2019. I'm now a junior and he's a senior. This past summer, I began to develop a friendship with his roommate. He was always very nice and talkative with me. So upon seeing this new friendship, he was excited to spend more time with me. Once he moved back to campus, we started hanging out in a group more. At some point, I can't recall when, he began texting me to hang out every night. We watched movies at my place and sometimes at his house. He texts me often. We have a streak on Snapchat. Sorry. (laughs) We hate Snapchat. Fucking hate it. (laughs) And we often hang out alone. He has a girlfriend. (gasps) They've been together since 2019. The entire time, I found this guy attractive, and he has been in a a relationship, and that is why I never approached him. To be completely honest, I am a flirt, and I don't have a problem flirting with people. However, if they're in a relationship, I try to be respectful. Try. (laughs) I try to be respectful, but if I find someone attractive, I might naturally flirt on instinct. The issue arises when he flirts back. I refuse to take any amount of blame. Since we started hanging out, we take walks around our college town at night and we started cuddling. We started having pillow fights that are playful and even tickle fights. Disgusting. Yes, we're 20 years old and both tickle one another. We often make jokes about who will start it next time. The weird part is... He's also jokingly blow a tuft of hair into my face. Tuft of air. You said a tuft of hair, which is makes more sense because you don't have a tuft of air. It'd be a puff of air. Yes, a tuft of air into my face to the point where he might move his head t- forward and does this and eventually our lips are inches apart. I'm like cringing as I read this. This is Harry Styles fanfic. I playfully will blow air back, <laughs> but if our lips get 
too close and we continue to inch closer, I'll put my hand in front of both of our faces to avoid getting blown at. And then there's like that crying, laughing emoji. Oftentimes, he'll have one hand on the small of my back while we're laying down and slowly move down my blocking hand away, maintain eye contact and slowly blow back at me. It's weird, but I obviously like this dynamic. But wait, (laughs) there's more. His girlfriend might know. Oh, no way. On most of our walks or cuddles, she'll call his phone and he will answer every single time. He will always tell her what we're doing never giving any indication of guilt in his voice. Of course, he won't tell her that we are cuddly on a couch, but as he answers the phone, he'll sit up away from me without totally moving away. It's strange. Recently, at a small get-together at his house, his girlfriend was present. Our joking game of poking one another did not stop because she was present. He didn't chase after me in any way, but certainly was public about this, and she didn't seem to react at all. I would say that I am a fairly attractive young woman, and although that is not an excuse, I've certainly had my fair share of taken boys flirt with me. There are certain men that will cheat, and then there are those that want to get close to cheating but not actually do it. I decided to test it out this past weekend. At an Halloween party, there were Hershey kisses on a nearby table. He did not see them, so I held one behind my back asking him, Hey, blank, want a kiss? He said, uh, no, haha. What? There seemed to be no hesitation in his rejection, but my trick worked as I pulled the candy from behind me saying, haha, bro, I meant like a Hershey's kiss. Trick or treat. You don't remember that ad campaign? He ate the candy, seemed relieved and sized. Oh, great. Yeah, right. You had me worried for a sec. Thanks. So I'm wondering, am I wrong for this? Am I wrong for flirting back? Am I wrong for inviting him over? (sighs) You are so fucking wrong. Like, you're so fucking wrong. So wrong. I can't. Can we just go back to, I would say that I'm a fairly attractive young woman. And although that is not an excuse, and then you go on to go about like, oh, you know, I know all of these different kinds of men who cheat. Why is this about men who cheat on their girlfriends and not you, someone who is... Baiting him. And also, like, the the beginning of this email should be like, hi, I'm writing in. I specifically only am attracted to and only go after guys who are in relationships. I love going after guys who are in relationships. Cheating is my favorite thing, even if it's not, like, all the way hooking up. Like, I love knowing that I have the power and, like, that's that's my... What I get off doing. That's what this is. You have, like, no responsibility at fucking all. You are over explaining yourself like i said if Mm -hmm. you have to over explain yourself you're probably already wrong in the situation you're baiting him you know that he doesn't feel the same way he's wrong too i will say that he's wrong too i'm not just saying but he's not the one that wrote in you are no to me this sounds like he is hiding a lie in plain sight with his girlfriend by being like oh yeah i'm hanging out with her and like making it like downplaying it so it no- doesn't seem like an important thing at all but like you said we'll consciously stop cuddling you we'll sit up or like we'll tell you when you're on your hikes like or on your walks but like doesn't divulge any of this like he is hiding this lie in plain sight and you specifically use the word trick like i'm going to trick him mm-hmm. to see if he'll kiss me like you know. Shut the fuck up. Like, have you ever seen a fucking rom-com made in the 2000s? You are the villain. You know this. Like, yeah. you are literally like a textbook 
fucking villain in this. Why are you so... I mean, I'm not even going to say why. You obviously have feelings for him. And you're hoping that he cheats with you. There's no other way to put that. Like, you hope that he is going to be attractive and goes after you. You don't think of him as your friend. No. You think that the two of you are dating and you're just waiting for him to take that extra step and cheat with you. And it sounds like from what you've saying, like, you've had your fair share of taken guys pursue you and all of this. I have a friend who this is one of her, I don't want to say, like, downfalls, but, like, has been one of, like, the hardest things in their dating life is that by no fault of their own, they have always had like friends, boyfriends pursue them or like flirt with them. And you know what they do? Immediately you're like, I can't, no, I'm not doing this. Depending on how close the friendship is, we'll let the friend know and how, like what the relationship is or will cut off that friendship mm-hmm. and that and will not pursue or even like entertain or even be around that because it's incredibly disrespectful. It's also like offensive to you as like the person who's like not in the relationship that it's like, I'm sorry, you think so low of me that you have a girlfriend and you're going to flirt with me and you think that I'm going to take that shit? And you are. And you have been. And this seems like something that you you do and you like this. Yeah, I mean, I've had it where there's been a lot of guys that I've been friends with They'll use the, I don't understand why you're single. And they're like in relationships. They'll flirt with me. I won't flirt back. But I've literally had a guy said that he would fly me to New York so he could eat me out because he had just taken a class and he wanted to try out his skills. Where did he take a class? It was probably a lie. Anyway, I've had a guy that had a girlfriend and like invited me over to like play basketball with him. And then like I thought we were just hanging out as friends and then like putting the moves on me and it's happened to me numerous times so but I've always stopped it and Mm -hmm. ended it even like other friends like encouraging me like no they're not that serious you should no 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 no. it's also horrendous karma horrendous karma and I think that like the writer like they're thinking like because like oh, well, his girlfriend, like, it seems like she kind of knows, like, what, like, you're coming up with every excuse for you to not be doing anything wrong, but you are. Like, you are, regardless if, like, the girlfriend knows, like, you know that, like, there are things being withheld and you know what you're doing is not right, and that's why you like doing this, and this seems like it's a fucking habit. Like, no, this is just, like, so, so, so fucked, and, yeah, like, you are such a villain, and, like, you are not a girl's girl. And like, this is someone like, if this was one of my friends, I would be like, I can't be friends. Like this would, Mm -hmm. I'm not putting myself in the girlfriend's position. I'm putting myself in like one of your friends. And I heard about this. You said all of this to me. I would be like, I can't be friends with you anymore. Like, I have no respect for you. Like the fact that you would do this to someone like morally and just like, that is someone I do not want to be friends with. Like, this is really fucked up. Get out. You're wrong. You're so fucking, you could not, literally could not be more wrong. And I, I can't. Sweet. So like, am I wrong? Am I wrong for flirting back? Am I wrong for inviting him over as if those are the only things you did? I can't. And again, I'm not saying him versus her, are you wrong? Arbitrarily, are you wrong for your participation in this? Yes. Is he also wrong for doing this? 100%. Yes. Girlfriend is the victim in this. His girlfriend, not you. You are not my girlfriend. In the words of Couch Boy's girlfriend, you are my colleague. Okay. So the next one says, Hi, Megan and Melissa. So quick context to the situation. I am 25 and use she, her pronouns, and so is my former long-term friend. We'd known each other since fifth grade and grew up together more or less. 
After going to college, we started to drift apart, but always saw each other on breaks. But as time went on, we saw less and less of each other, which I was fine with because both of us were busy with work and other personal matters, so we figured we'd be fine. In the beginning of the year, she told me she got this amazing job opportunity, but the catch was that she would have to be moving to Florida. We kept making plans, and by we, I mean she would say that we should see each other before she moves, and I kept clearing time in my schedule for her. She then started to cancel plans on me, saying that her family made last-minute plans, but that wasn't really happening. I would find out either through Snapchat or Instagram stories that she would blow me off to hang out with other friends that we had grown up with. Obviously, I felt hurt and attempted to confront her, but she said I was overreacting a little and to not worry because we would obviously hang out before she left. She then ghosted me for a month and a half, and I found out through her snapping me that she was on the plane to Florida. I felt hurt, but figured we had grown out of the friendship, and I dealt with it in the very healthy manner of muting and restricting her on all of my social media. Two months ago, my cousin's disappearance and murder was all over the news and said former friend started to text me saying how sorry she is for me and my family, and she felt like a bad friend. She continued like every week to text me saying she moved back and wants to get together. I also learned she was fired from the company her uncle owns. I made the mistake of listening to my partner who advised me to say thank you to her visit texts expressing her condolences, and I haven't stopped getting texts from her since, all of which I ignored. My partner thinks I should extend the olive branch, but honestly, I have grown out of the friendship and realized as years went on, we went from being best friends to I was a friend of convenience to her. My partner did agree it was shitty to use my cousin's death as an attempt to revive a dead friendship but thinks I should be the bigger person and not ignore her when I'm perfectly content never talking to her again. Am I in the wrong here? P.S. I love you both so much. You guys can give me tough love. I can take it. I don't think you need it. I don't think you need it at all. This to me, like your friend is incredibly guilt ridden and that's not your problem. Mm -hmm. And like, I understand why they would have the inclining to kind of reach out. You know them more than anyone. So if you feel like it's opportunistic in like a a problematic way and not like guilt driven. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You can only decide that, but that doesn't change how I feel about like people always say the whole like, oh, if you can't handle me at my worst, you don't deserve me at my best. But it's like, if when things are in my life are going great and you're a really bad friend to me, and then suddenly when things are going horrible, you're like, oh, I feel really guilty. Let me reach out. Let me do all of this kind of stuff. Like that doesn't feel genuine either. No, I mean, You should be getting something out of friendship and you should be giving to it. There's nothing you want from a friendship with her. She's not, you don't need her in your life. You don't want her in your life. Just because she reached out doesn't mean that you owe her any type of communication. I I don't know if she's being opportunistic or not. Yeah. She might, it might've just been this happened. And then that reminded her like how shitty she was to you. And now she's like, I'm she might be a better person at this point and she wants to be friends with you again but you don't want to be her friend and you don't owe anything to her she blew you off I would just continue to ghost her I agree I think that like for some people like Mott's is this way where he is very much if someone apologizes like just by nature of like apologizing he's like I really respect that so I'm always going to like give someone like a second chance and I'm always gonna like you know work on a relationship with them like even if I don't necessarily think it's gonna go anywhere but just because like they gave an apology and I'm the kind of person like I I will ignore an apology text if I like have no desire to rekindle a relationship I think that like you probably through the last couple of months and like going through all this I'm sure that you have like had the friends and family that you've had to lean on And you didn't reach out to her to lean on. And so then her offering that olive branch afterwards, it's kind of like, 
I have found my circle. I've found the people I can really count on. And it could have been you if like we had maintained this friendship and we didn't. And like, I don't need you. I don't. Yeah. I don't think that's something you have to say to her at all. I think you can just ghost her and be completely fine with that because I think that, yeah, like muting her and restricting her on everything is like a good call. But I think if she keeps trying to push a relationship, I would like straight up be like, yeah, piss off. You're not wrong at all. Nope. Not at all. All right. We're going to take a break and we'll be back in a moment. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time and I just got my, I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, 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 a secondary of my package and I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function, there it's like elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough, specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious like it's it's so good i've even like had it on like ice and been like i'm drinking like a drink drink like you can throw a little straw in there and it's it's delicious it's so good and i just i love they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like you know medically need some electrolytes but also if you're working out if you're sweating hot summer day you're going to an amusement park you're on your feet for a long period of time all of that um most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need yeah i drink mine specifically when i am working out it's my beverage while i'm working out i just take one stick of the hydrate mix it in with my bottle of water 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there they also have the all-in-one shakes which i absolutely love i'm running low so i gotta get some more but um i love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have three tins, four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. 
Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code BLAMEME right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code BLAMEME. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about Book of the Month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited for someone who like... You know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a, a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress. And as well, there are reading challenges and rewards. And Book of the Month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next, which for me is like the biggest hurdle. I love when other people make choices for me, especially when they're good choices. And I'm like, cool, I can trust you. So each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from. All of the books are so good. You can't go wrong. And I mean that wholeheartedly. When we were picking like our selects for this, I was like, this I like all of them this is hard and I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like okay so these are like my top ones I'm assuming they will be yours so don't pick the same one as me so then we can swap afterwards and that's what we did so we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley and we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean the ministry of time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books it's quoted from town and country saying it's really innovative fun storytelling the ministry of time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024 and then harper's bazaar also said part time travel romance part spy thriller and 100 percent multifaceted joyride <gasps> when i tell you that i was like sold we're also excited about the return of ellie black and this one is about a missing girl who returns but that isn't the end of the story it's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work, which that sounds so intriguing. And I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait. And we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor. And we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus, we've been recommended this so many times. Mm-hmm. So I, I we, we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com. And you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is 
your first book, $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. back from the break do you want to hop into the next one oh yeah so this is about seems like a little messy friendship wise we love a mess hi melissa and megan i'm a 22 year old she her and i gotta know if i'm wrong here this took place a year ago and still seems to be an ongoing issue all the men unless stated are the same age as me and 22 i dated this guy 24 who lost his job didn't get another one till seven months later. Lost his house and moved in with his parents. Still lives there at 25 and refused to get unemployment because it was too hard. I broke up with him last December, which was a big issue with another male friend and my male best friend in our group from the get-go. One was deployed to Africa, my best friend, and the other one was here through it all. I broke up with him because I hate being a babysitter for a grown man. I cared for him and not myself, so I ended things. I ended up getting really close to a different guy in our friend group at the same time who was going through a breakup much worse than mine. I ended up helping with his terminally ill mom, and we just got super close, and we're together all the time. Fast forward a month or two, we started hooking up, and it was an even bigger problem to everyone. We weren't dating at the time we were hooking up. They said, I hurt my ex, and you probably cheated on him, blah, blah, blah. But one of the guys in particular, the one who was home with us, kind of brushed it off for a while and said it was no big deal and completely turned around his thoughts and hated us. Quotes. My best friend who was deployed cut communication with me into March, April, and he surprised came home in May. And the idea that we've had that all the friends were going to go pick him up, but my current boyfriend and I were left out. Everyone shut their locations off, which were not the deployed friend's request. And when I got mad about being told he was coming home, but we, they all shut their locations off and wanted my ex. They told me it would be too hard for him to see you too. At this point, it's been six months since I broke up with him. This man who didn't treat me like a girlfriend and treated me like his mom instead. I also heard four different stories, but beforehand from the at-home friend why we weren't invited. So I was upset and they all told me I shouldn't be upset and I'm overreacting or this isn't the place to be mad. But it was my best friend, so I don't know. Was I wrong to be upset? Did I fuck it up because I started dating a friend? I'm a bitch for dating someone who I'm friends with. Also, in addition, they all will not talk to me whatsoever, but will still talk to my current boyfriend. By the way, I'm a late July Leo. Thanks. Do you have any girlfriends? Yeah, she didn't say how like she became friends with these people because I'm like, here's the thing. If you became friends with a group of guys, but if you're like exclusively only friends with guys and this is your guy, like this is your entire friend group, and the friend group is based on the fact that you were dating this other guy to start with. Like, did you meet them through this dude? Because then their lo loyalties are going to lie with him. But like, mm -hmm. it does sound like regardless of how you met them, like their loyalties are lying with him. And like, you can't really be mad at that part of it. Also, because like, when you date someone in your friend group, like you have to sign up and like, no, you, you know what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. Then you do it fucking twice. Yeah. And then you date somebody else in the friend group. Their loyalties aren't 
to you. They're not ever going to be to you. You could get married to this dude. They're all going to still resent you. They're not your friends. Like, obviously, they've cut you out of their lives. So why are you still calling them your friends? They don't want to be around you. They're calling you names. You didn't say this, but I know they're talking about you behind your back and calling you names. And a lot of things about dating within the group. Homie hopper. Yes, that, that's a nice way. I forgot. Shout out to Bose that, yep. that shared that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a homie hopper and yeah. it's gender neutral term, mm-hmm. which most of them aren't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, but I think you're wrong here. I think you're wrong too. And not in like the, I think you're necessarily the villain. I just think like your expectations mm-hmm. are completely wrong. And like, you're not being realistic yeah. with the situation. Yeah, if I was dating my ex's friend, then I wouldn't expect to remain friends with anybody else in that friend group. Like if I'm happy and this is somebody that I want to be with and we helped each other during a difficult situation. Great. I ended up with a much better guy that I actually enjoy being with. Cool. But I'm not going to be expect to be friends with everybody else in the group. No, it's like we're against the odds. Mm -hmm. This relationship is what we're picking. I mean, like not to give you advice here, but I specifically think that like this sounds fucked up, but it does kind of seem like she's the only one who views all of these friendships as importantly Mm -hmm. and the relationship. Because I'm like, here's the fucking thing, dude. If like this is your best friend who you're like, well, I missed out on seeing my bet, like on being part of the surprise for my best friend. Did your best friend say something to them? Is your best friend upset? Did they say, why wasn't she here? Like, this is who I like. Mm -hmm. Did your best friend meet up with you later? Did they call you? What about your boyfriend? Your boyfriend's cool with just being friends with all of these people. Like, that's the thing that I'm like, this, it sounds fucked up to say, but it's like, it doesn't seem like they're treating your relationship seriously. Mm -hmm. And you're treating you as the ex-girlfriend of the other guy. And if your current boyfriend is still in that friend group, it doesn't seem like he's changing that narrative at all. Yeah. I think that you're wrong. And it doesn't matter why you broke up with someone or the relationship intricacies at all of that. Like everybody has loyalties from the start and like very, 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 very rarely are you going to be close friends with two people at the like the same time at the same, like, do you know what I mean? Like, even if like I have friends who like were wrong in their breakups and like they were the villain and I've told them that, but they're still the one who who's not side that I took, but who I was closer friends with. And so like, Mm -hmm. I'm not friends with their ex anymore, even though I think that they did their ex dirty. Like, you know, when your friends start dating someone that like, if like the relationship get blows up, you know, already before you even know what happened, who's who you're going to maintain your friendship with. So yeah, I think you're, I think you're wrong. Yeah. I'm also highly curious if you're just hanging out with a bunch of like army dudes because let's enforce some stereotypes. First of all, I also just realized that there's a lot of stereotypes about them. So like I I specifically meant the ones that like they treat women horribly and like date them and then break up with them and then cheat on them and like all of that kind of stuff. But they also I I didn't mean the like abusive stuff because that's also. Oh, I didn't even take it that way. I did. (laughs) Because I'm being too extreme here. But that's not what I... I don't want to make sure it didn't didn't sound like I was making light of that. Okay. So this next person has spelled your name correctly, my name incorrectly. And as somebody whose my name is spelled correctly more times than yours, I will take this as a win. Hi, Megan and Melissa. I'm a huge Jump Blame Me fan and totally need some of your insight into this fight I had with my boyfriend last week. My boyfriend is Latino and works mostly with Spanish speakers, but I do not speak Spanish. Last week, we went out to a birthday dinner with a group of his work friends. The birthday girl did not speak English, so although they made a point of speaking English to me a few times, the entire dinner, I pretty much was not able to participate in the conversation. Dinner went from 8.45 until about 10.30, and I was getting a little tired and bored. 
I tried not to look it, but I know I did yawn a couple of times. At one point, my brother texted me and I quickly texted him back a one word response. Later, the restaurant turned into a salsa club, so we went to dance. I have been taking salsa lessons with my boyfriend, so I was excited to be able to finally join in, but when we started dancing, he wanted to dance a totally different dance, so I got pretty frustrated. After about 30 minutes of him correcting me constantly, I asked him to stop being so rude and just dance salsa with me instead. He clearly got frustrated, and we ended up leaving not long after. On the way, he tried to kiss me, and I dodged it just to be petty, but he totally blew up and said I embarrassed him in front of his friends by looking so bored, yawning, being on my phone, and not wanting to dance. He said that everyone could tell I was uncomfortable, and I ruined the night and called me selfish for not making more of an effort to appreciate his culture. I understand why he was disappointed, but I told him he can't expect me to suddenly learn Spanish or learn a new dance in one night, and that he was being unfair because I've actually been taking salsa lessons and teaching myself Spanish in preparation to travel to meet his family this winter. I apologized and feel really embarrassed that I let him down, but I also can't stop thinking that he owes me an apology too for expecting too much of me at once and then blowing up at me. Am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah, yeah you are wrong. Learning about someone's culture, that is not a burden, and that is also not like anything to be used or thrown in someone's face is like a look at all of the hard work that I am doing to un- to understand your culture. If that's not a flex. No, like, that's it's like not. A, it's the bare minimum. It just screams like, I don't understand your culture at all. But look at me. I want an A plus because I'm trying like ma'am you're definitely wrong in this and like this makes me mad and I'm trying to I'm trying to get my thoughts out but you don't get a pat on the back because you've been taking salsa lessons and you just expect him to want to do salsa the sounds of it it doesn't even sound like it, it was like salsa music playing if that's not the dance that he wanted to do or was trying to get you to do also like you being bored while they're speaking Spanish like you're in the minority like you have to you have to adapt to what's going on this isn't you can't just expect them you said there were a few girls there that spoke english but then they went back to speaking spanish they're not just going to make an exception for you like you can't expect people to just like change and adapt to you just because you're there but you're in the minority absolutely not like no you have no right to be mad here you can't be frustrated If you're going to date somebody outside your culture, then you have to be adaptable to their culture. You can't just like expect people to adapt to you. Yeah. Like everyone at the birthday party speaks Spanish. The birthday girl does not speak English. And like you are, it seems like you are the only person there who English is your first language. When we as white people, like, and I don't know that you're specifically white, but like as someone who's not Latina, like when you go into spaces where and I'm going to come at this from a white perspective because I'm white. As a white person going into other spaces of other cultures or other races, my purpose and my job there is to like participate in whatever's appropriate to participate in and to celebrate whoever I'm there to celebrate, enjoy and all of that kind of stuff, but like not to have needs and like requirements and need people to adjust their life to accommodate for me at all. Like, again, like you said, like you are the minority there in all of that. There isn't this like F like, oh, well, you put effort in like great job. And like, if you are looking at dating someone from a different culture as like, I need praise for me choosing to learn Spanish. I need people to think that that is like a good deed. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's not like, that's not, I don't want to say it's not sounds this is callous it's not impressive it's not a gold star thing it doesn't make you better than anyone else it doesn't like that's not a really nice gesture 
that is like, to me, that's a given if you're going to date somebody of another culture. Being difficult about certain things like that, no. Because to me, when you are difficult because things aren't going your way and what you expect with that, you're expecting praise and you think that what you're doing is a really good thing that you're doing and you're doing it more for the pride of it, not because you're like, well, this is a given. This is an obvious kind of thing. And like, you have to just kind of adapt. And like, I'm I'm sure, yeah, that that fucking sucked for your boyfriend to be in that situation where I'm bringing my girlfriend to this and it feels, regardless of how often you felt like you, you checked your phone or did any of that stuff, like potentially looking uninterested, like there is also a difference between especially for your boyfriend, who is a part of this community of being like, oh, she's obviously tired. Like, do you want to head home? Versus like, you looked bored and it felt disrespectful. Mm -hmm. So it was. And like any of the explaining it away, like, no, you don't get to like call it that. Like he knows you, you've been dating for a while. Like he knows the difference between, oh, my girlfriend and I are like, fighting because like, we're not getting along and like, she's tired and like her feet hurt versus like, we had this night here. I feel embarrassed. And this was disrespectful to my culture. That's not a misunderstanding. No. And then you moving away when he tried to kiss you, like just to be petty. Yeah. That's adding on to the disrespect. A hundred percent. No matter what work you're putting in behind the scenes for the language or the salsa lessons or any of that, that is like completely, completely irrelevant if you are like in the, you're in the moment and you're mm -hmm. in all of that and you're not being an enthusiastic participant, not just being like, just like happy to be there and pleasant. Like you are being from his perspective, what it sounds like, like dismissive and kind of like, I don't want to say like not necessarily judgmental, but just kind of like pissed off. And like, I'm sure sharing his culture with someone who's not a part of that is like, it's going to be a big thing regardless. Like whether it's like meeting family or meeting friends or any of that, like there's just, you you have every opportunity to put what you are like saying that you're doing into practice. And then it makes those gestures feel like empty gestures mm -hmm. and just more for your own pride. And like, can I have a cookie? Like I want, where's my ally cookie now? Like I'm doing all of this. Is And then it also just feels kind of pissy. Like, is this not enough for you? Like I'm learning Spanish and I'm doing this and this. And it's like, I'm sorry, is communicating with my family a burden? Like is understanding my culture a burden to you? If you are a white non-Latino and you see yourself as like a progressive person or an ally. And like, there is still a lot of work that we need to do that is like implicit bias and all of this just kind of stuff that like, regardless of how you vote and how liberal and progressive and inclusive you vote. And the biggest thing that I think that like remains true for regardless of how progressive you are is the things are done for me. I am the center of a lot of this. Like I'm the center of things. Like I don't have to adjust things are adjusted for me. And the thing that's so hard about unpacking that is that we don't see that. So it's like, well, no, that doesn't happen. Like I, I've never seen someone do that. I was like, no, no, because that's the norm in all of this. And so then the second that you're like, oh no, I am the one who is having to ad adjust myself for other people. That becomes like, a, this is really hard. Like, wow, what do you mean? It's like, sit down, be quiet. Everybody else has been doing this for much longer than you constantly all the time. This is the first time that you're feeling this. And the, the processing of this information and like the, holy shit, I've benefited from white supremacy, all of these things far more than I was even aware of. That is a personal conversation to have with yourself and not unload onto your partner. Mm -hmm. I'm just thinking about like, me as a black person, if I invited a guy that I was into and he came to like a cookout and he was like, 
I learned to play spades, but everybody is playing dominoes and I'm mad. And I, I would just be like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. As somebody who does not speak Spanish and is not Latino, like, I cannot imagine going into a party of like the birthday girl does not speak English and everybody speaks Spanish altogether and then being like, nobody's speaking English to me. <laughs> like, I would just be like, what? What do you turn on a fucking translating thing on your app and listen to what conversations are being? Yeah. Had. Like, especially if you're learning, like, more than anything, like, mm-hmm. just listening to like Spanish and like, I mean, I can only say Spanish because that's the only language I know a bit of Mm -hmm. but like just listening is like you can understand so much and it's so helpful and all of that but then also like nobody is expecting you to be fluent or understand everything or any of that kind of stuff but what they are expecting is you not to make it about you yeah and that's what you did yeah apologize to your boyfriend and understand that like the response and the reaction where you feel like it was like blown out of proportion that's because he's talking about something that is like incredibly important being disrespectful to someone's culture like that's a huge thing and that's something that you might not ever be able to relate to and to understand yeah have you seen the whole tiktok thing of white wave yes mm-hmm. i was like what it- white american vernacular english yes killing me mm-hmm. Mots and i like because that's like our favorite thing to do is like the read those things that white people and both of us just cry going i say that all <laughs> the time and we're just dying it's so so funny i live for it okay now it's time to uh talk about the asshole of the week mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about but are basically but are they wrong and of the current events in the world and the shit that they're doing. And we're going to take sides and decide who we think is the hero and the villain. Mine is a request from a listener. And we I love getting your requests. We really appreciate it. And this is Travis Scott and Astroworld. Yikes. This is an incredibly devastating thing. I'm not going to get into the detailed details of like everything because it there it is so well documented on TikTok and Twitter and all of that kind of stuff. So if you are unfamiliar or if you want to watch that kind of content, go for it. I will say a fair warning because of the TikToks and the Twitter and the nature of all of it, it's not news coverage. So none of it is, unless you're seeing it from a news reposting, it, it's not censored. So just know when you're clicking on those things, be fair warned because there's not necessarily ample content warnings that there is just some really horrendous shit to see, including literal bodies, which is horrible. So basically, Travis Scott has his Astroworld Festival. And at the concert, basically, from the last reportings, death total is eight victims. And this has like sparked a lot of conversation about who is in the wrong here. Is it Live Nation who he's partnered with? Is it the venue? Is it security? Is it the medics? Is it the, yeah, the staff for not being well prepared enough? Is it his responsibility? I, without a doubt, from all the research and stuff that I have seen now, this is a habit that he has made during these shows and something that he has told people to do. He's been fined and banned from other music festivals for telling people to rush the stage, telling people to jump the barricades. And other people have been injured, become disabled after going to his concerts. And he has been given basically so many warning signs that at this point, I think that who is at fault is him and whoever gave a green light knowing that this is the track history that has happened here. Because with the trajectory, there's only one place to go at this point. And it's so devastating and it's so incredibly preventable and he should have stopped the, like i think it shouldn't i don't the way that the people that were there were rushing the barricades even 
as they were entering, it should have been stopped before the show even. Well, began. apparently it was it was declared like a national or a, like a, some some sort of like emergency like within the Houston like PD before he even got on stage. Like when it was all the other acts before him, and it's just. The issue is here, Travis Scott has been given way too much power in this situation. And he is making the call that, yeah, I'm still going to go on. And there needed to have been somebody, because it wasn't him, who is like, no, you can't do this. This is not okay. And this happens a lot of the time with like really big artists, really big actors, like famous people in general. It's like you are surrounded by yes people and you essentially become untouchable to the point where yeah, the blame does lie on you because there is not a system in place where you can say no to you. Mm-hmm. Like you you have not cultivated that to happen. And so it doesn't happen. The fault lies there. And the videos of like people running up on the stage and like finally getting through security and then security like tapping him on the shoulder being like. And then him like stepping off stage and then yelling, like asking who told me to stop, who had me to stop. Yeah, a lot of people really want to give him the benefit of the doubt and saying like, if he knew like he would have stopped if like he knew if like oh you mean his partner that's oh who you're talking about i mean b- sadly sadly there are more people who say the exact same thing of being like well if he would have known this would have stopped and here's the thing if we want to put the blame on the security guards for te- not telling him specifically what happened why didn't they tell him yeah but also the director of the show there's other people mm-hmm. that are higher than him the director of the show <laughs> Live Nation, whoever the representative from them who was there, who was there that was in charge of like the land itself, like Mm -hmm. the venue. Someone is not saying no. Yeah. But there were multiple people that were not saying no. That's the issue. When you have the artist making the calls of things that are have nothing to safety is not something that they understand. It's not. But I don't I don't think it's just the artist, though. I think that a lot of people are putting all the blame on him. Oh, yeah. Where no. there's multiple people that the blame falls on. But he's a big part of it because it was his festival and he was the artist that was on stage at that time. I think it's like when you surround yourself with yes people, like that's like the whole thing. Like everyone's going to be at fault in the sense that I'm like, if nobody told him why, why did nobody tell him? Then who are these people who are working here and who's doing this? Like, is this an area where nobody can say no? Because like every single aspect of this failed and to me, I'm like, that's not random. I don't want to like, compare it to like the Alec Baldwin situation, but like a set that is so poorly run. I'm like, it starts at the top mm-hmm. and it trickles down and the people at the top who run things badly. And that's, I'm not necessarily saying that's Travis. It's so, it's someone who's at the top running things badly. They employ and hire people who will do what they say and what they're doing is not the right choice. Right. And that's how it becomes like this horrendous thing. And at a certain point, yeah, he is the only one on stage who can get people to stop. And the sad thing is, is even if he did that, that wouldn't have, there still people got injured earlier in their day. There's all of that kind of stuff. The fault of it is, is that like when whoever is in charge and whoever is like running all of this stuff, when they put that on, well, we're going to tell Travis and then he can stop the show. And then, you know, his history of this, you know, he's not going to. And then that's, that in itself is a flaw and a fault of all of this. And like, it happens at a ton of shows and all of this stuff, but like, this is like such a different level and I can't imagine being a parent and like sending your kid to a con and like this I was even talking to moths about this that I'm like I have crowd anxiety anytime we would go to Coachella like I would get super anxious at night I always had to leave at night I couldn't be in the thick of the crowds and this is like an anxiety spiral of mine that like I have like a whole routine of how to talk myself out of this anxiety this specific anxiety spiral that like my therapist is like that's doesn't you know that's an unrealistic thought that has happened do you know what I mean like this is like one of like a worst fear 
that has like come true and has happened, we should have never gotten to this point. That's like the thing that I think is like the the incredibly sad part and the fact that like we can now all look back and know that this is something that Travis Scott has always encouraged at his shows and it hasn't been stopped. That's a massive problem Mm -hmm. because if I was his insurance or like venue insurance, anything like that, it would be like, until you can understand how to conduct a concert safely, like we're not booking you. Right. Again, that's not saying that like that makes him sound like he is a child and like other people need to be controlling all of this. But it's like you just have people who are making poor and dangerous decisions who are employing people who are making poor and dangerous decisions and then they make poor and dangerous decisions. I also think his apology was absolute shit. Was it an apology? No, <laughs> it was not good. At all. But obviously, you know, I do think that there is, as always, when these things happen, the right wingers get a hold of this and end up making things incredibly racist. So if you are a white person and you're sharing information or stories about Astroworld and the Travis Scott situation, please make sure to fact check and like cite, like check to see who you're like retweeting and supporting and that kind of stuff. Because there's a lot of like, you know, alt-right people on Twitter who are just not so subtly hiding Lots of racism in these conversations, which Mm -hmm. has nothing to do with this. But in their mind, ooh, an opportunity. Okay, I'm excited for yours because you said there's no way I'm going to... No, I mean, it's soap opera related. Okay. Um, So uh, General Hospital put in a mandate that everyone had to be vaccinated by last week. (gasps) And so they're the first daytime show to do it. They're also ABC, so they're under Disney's umbrella and they Disney put in that mandate as Mm -hmm. well. So we don't know exactly who has been fired from General Hospital yet because they film about six weeks in advance. (gasps) But we do know one person, Ingo Rademacher. I don't know how to say his name. He's Australian. I think he was born in Germany. But he has been very much vocal about his love of Donald Trump and has been very disrespectful to other like liberal people that are actors on the show including one that like they play very good friends on the show and they've just had like a lot of tension and on Sunday night Saturday or Sunday night I believe after he of course his last day would have been that Friday before um Mm -hmm. we already knew he was an anti-vaxxer as it was so everyone figured that he was one of the people that were let go but he posted an anti- trans meme and a racist meme all in one like a carousel it was one oh one me okay one image <laughs> one image that was both on his instagram also general hospital i believe has the first like openly trans person that's on daytime tv as well and so didn't go over well at all so the actor that plays his friend on the show but also they do not get along at all she posted (laughs) something that was in support of trans people but also announced that he had been fired (laughs) so she got her comeuppance because it has been months in the making and also he is the first announcement of those that have been fired and then like on Monday, that's when it was announced officially that he had been fired. So there's that. <laughs> Holy wow. Wait, so I'm reading this. Mm-hmm. So this was what Cassandra or Cassandra? Cassandra. Yeah. Cassandra, Cassandra James. James. 
I am aware of a transphobic post shared by fellow General Hospital actor who plays blah, blah, blah. Shame on you. I have some serious unlearning and education to do. I feel deeply disappointed that such a public display of ignorance could come from our General Hospital family. And then is Nancy Lee Grant in there? Because she's the one that made the announcement. Oh, yeah. So then Grant then tweeted, the fellow actor is merciful, <laughs> mercifully no longer a part of the General Hospital cast. Wow. 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 Yeah. So it's it's been a lot of drama in the soap world and shall be interesting to see who will be fired in the coming weeks. Oh, my God. Ew, his apology to like. It's not even an apology. No, he's like, he's, I think you're very beautiful. Yeah, I think you're beautiful. Also, I let my son wear a princess dress. So if I did that, would that make me transphobic? Yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> It's like I have a black friend. Exactly. Like same, same energy. Energy. Wow. Gotta love this shit. Mm-hmm. So you'd think that like these anti-vaxxers like at least upgrade for like a subscription service on an app to like make your like post that I will stand with you to fight for medical freedom. Come on. Like let's get a better font in here. Like let's do something that doesn't make it look like it looks like a SNL like meme sketch. Yeah, I mean, they're not very smart. So. Well, no. I mean can't have everything right they are not sheep but hey the brains they don't have them all mm. oh well that was an incredibly long episode of but am i wrong we hope you all enjoyed if you want to go leave a review on the podcast app we would highly appreciate it and if you want to vote check us out over on instagram at by megan melissa it'll be linked in the show notes go vote on who you think was the hero and the villain who is right who is wrong in all of these we would also love if you could send us your requests for the but are they wrong segment slash asshole of the week the pop culture current events kinds of things we are banging episodes for the holidays and i'm also technically getting surgery in february so we're banking episodes and we can't necessarily be on top of like current events as they're happening so send us some stuff it can be like something that's happening right now that you like really want us to talk about and it might just happen a little bit later or things that have been a little bit before any of those send us over on a dm but i'll also make an instagram post so you can comment it but if you don't if you don't want to publicly say what you want us to talk about slide into the dms where you can follow me at megan rinks absolutely everywhere on socials and where can people find you you can follow me at she is not melissa and we will circle back next week. Bye. Bye. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.